Renowned tattoo artist Wu is known for his signature fine line style, tattooing LA's elite and collaborating across the art, fashion and music spheres. Together with venture building expert Miguel Garcia Castillo, they built the skincare line Wu Skin. Stay tuned to uncover more all about this. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far and I decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or you're simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome our guests for today, Wu and Miguel. So Wu has been called the most in-demand tattooist in the world with over 1.7 million followers on Instagram, tattooing celebrities from all over the world. Renowned for his distinct fine line style and intricate designs, Wu has become an era-defining artist, blending his work within the worlds of art, fashion, and music. He created his own line of genderless skin essentials, Wu Skin, in 2020 with the vision to nourish and protect skin with or without ink. And he's teamed up with venture specialist and brand development expert Miguel Garcia Castillo as Wu Skin's head of brand. And together, they're the powerhouse duo set out to develop the ultimate skincare brand for the sensitive skin. And it's such a pleasure to have them both with us today. So thank you for being with us, both of you guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're, we're excited to be here. Well, I'm so happy to, to, to have you both. And I'm really excited to kind of delve deeper into the brand and the story. But before I get into it, I ask my guests the same question. So I'll start with you, Wu, and then I'll go to Miguel. Who, in a nutshell, is Wu? I think I'm, uh, first off, an artist, a creative, an entrepreneur with a mysterious mind. That's beautifully said. Well, Miguel, your turn now. Who are you in a nutshell? To me, I think Wu is a creative visionary who has a very, very specific vision of, of what life and creativity and uh, fashion and apparel can can really be all about and uh, to me has been a, an amazing collaborator uh, so I, I look at Wu uh, I think I have I've had the uh, the privilege of kind of seeing behind the curtain of that mysteriousness that Wu has been talking about and and being able to to be part of that world and it's been something that got so notice in the outside world but I think you can see it in every single thing that Wu as an individual touches uh, including the the skincare line that we're that we're building together. Well, I love the fact that you're also explaining it, but also the question is, who are you, Miguel? I want to know a bit more about you. Who are you uh, in a nutshell? Yeah, but th- th- I love well, that because no one, no one is. There you go. Listen, I, you know it's you know what's funny is like I, I usually never get invited to these kind of conversations with Wu. So when you know it, it, Wu as the as the person who really had the vision of the brand, but for me, I think you 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 hit it. I am a. Uh, forever curious entrepreneur who who really believes in in finding niche opportunities and, and niche uh, insights that I think have potential to, to be something bigger. Uh, and, and that's a little bit of how even this journey into tattoo skincare came about. Uh, uh, but yeah, in a nutshell, that's who I am. Love that. Um, so I'm going to 
go a bit deeper into sort of the, the beginning of your, of your sort of childhood. I think that's where a lot of the big early adoption of like beauty starts for me, especially. So I'd love to know a little bit about sort of those early memories of beauty growing up uh, for you. Yeah, I think um, I'm used to having like really sensitive skin. So even from an early age, um, I always was having complications. I was having issues at that point. Um, being so young to have to understand that we had to find certain products or go to the dermatologist and just be aware that skin care and skin uh, education was on the forefront of almost being comfortable in my own skin. And there wasn't that many products available when we went to the pharmacy or went to the store. There was, you know, the shelves only had these certain things that were so broad in general that they had to be the use was had to be good for everybody and they weren't good for me. They, were, they didn't complement my eczema, didn't, you know, cure any inflammation or, or skin irritations. Uh, so I was always on the hunt for products that had minimal ingredients, things that weren't abrasive to me. And it, it was quite difficult. We had to go to stores and just automatically assume they didn't have what I needed and, and had to, you know, go out and adventure and almost find these products. And I'm 42, so around that that time there was no online shopping. You couldn't yeah. find something and have it, you know, show up at your doorstep. So it, it was just something I got very uh, acclimated with, and uh, kind of had already a appreciation and understanding of you using products that were right for you, and the difficulty it was to find them, uh, especially you know being. You know, Asian in descent, fair skin. There was, there was just a lot of issues of sensitivity that weren't addressed in the products that I was used to growing up. I completely agree. I mean, I had eczema growing up too, and it was always like a, a struggle to understand. Like it, it would come in waves, right? And it can often really affect your self-confidence as a child as well. 100%. Um, but then not having the products that also spoke to to me and especially in the beauty area when I, you know, I was looking at, there was barely any models of people of color. I was like, would it even work on my skin type? And it was a lot of the eczema creams for me being highly melanated were very um, white cast. Mm. So it was very interesting how um, I'm now thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, like I'm so glad there's brands like yours today that are really thinking about sensitive skin and concerns for all types of skin. Because growing up, I weren't really fortunate enough to have that. There was, there was nothing. There was nothing. Everything had fra- fragrances inside, yeah. uh, dyes, and, you know, Lord knows what else. I couldn't agree more. And um, so, so then, you know, you had this kind of early adaptation understanding of skin. And then naturally you went into also another form of working with your skin, which is tattoo artist. How did that start? Yeah. Almost unnaturally, actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, that, that, that kicks into the little uh, creative, creative and rebellious side of teen angst and just trying to figure out who I was, a son of, you know, two immigrant parents, first generation here in America, getting used to other kids and not looking like them and just, you know, things that a lot of uh, minority kids grew up with dealing you know, I, I was quite rebellious and wanted to push my limits and, and truly find out who I was by kind of going out and doing crazy things. Fell into tattooing that way. I just, at first, you know, it was really just about 
a bit of, I think, making my parents angry and, and trying to, you know, have a voice by being very rebellious and uh, out of pocket at times. But I truly, you know, loved art and drawing, painting. And there's something very amazing that you could do something permanent on this shell that we were born with and yeah. kind of the commitment to a spontaneous act that will last forever was was uh, alluring to me. So I fell into tattooing by getting a lot of tattoos at a very young age, which was at the time not an orthodox thing. From there, grew to love the process and the history of it and um, ended up becoming apprenticing for uh, you know a, a mega legend of the game named Mark Mahoney. And from there, you know, developing my own style and building my own, you know, success or brand of as a tattoo artist. Yeah. Uh, but always with skin in, in the back of my mind. Yeah. Um, even as when I was younger, getting a lot of tattoos, my, my skin would get really inflamed. Um, my tattoos would always get infected. And I, I thought, it, you know, maybe I wasn't meant for getting tattoos. And then I was realizing it was all the products that I was using to clean them and to take care of them. And there was just too much extra junk in there. Yeah. And that kind of led me on the journey to figure out, you know, just to maintain my skin daily without tattoos, without anything, just existing is, is quite a ordeal. So what can we create to minimize that and also just help any type of skin with tattooed or, or not tattooed? hundred percent. And I think that's like the perfect reason and why you, you decided to create your brand because, you know, having been and probably been exposed to so many of the alternative skincare hybrid sort of products that people can use for tattoo care or even just general sensitive skincare, uh, you probably notice there's a huge gap for something. And is that, is that sort of like, um, the initial, like, were you sleeping on this or sitting on this for a while? And then like, okay, now is the time. Like, how did, how did this start? You know, it was always in the back of my mind every day. I'm, I'm in close proximity to skin and mm. dealing with skin types from all around the world, meeting wonderful people from all different backgrounds and understanding how wide and broad a different canvases skin truly is. So every time I was working, it was just reminded me of that. There should be one go-to product for everybody without, you know, some people you can put mayonnaise on their skin and they'll tattoo will heal perfectly because they just have that resilience, you know. Uh, some people you can't even blow on it sideways, otherwise they'll, their skin will get inflamed and, and infected. So a product that would be able to encompass all these things would be amazing and perfect where no one had to worry about if they put this or use this of anything happening. So I always just thought about that. And as I grew as an artist and also as an entrepreneur using the brand to develop different ways to keep my creativity going and also challenging myself to build a business, the obvious route for me was always to go somewhere within the skincare realm. Yeah. Um, and I love the idea of skincare and, and lifestyle and creating something that elevates and makes your daily life better. And yeah. using tattooing was the, the closest rope I could grab to enter that world. 100%. And then also um, enters Miguel as well. I would love to know a little bit of sort of like how you guys met and uh, curious, Miguel, so do you have any tattoos? Have you ever had a, 
a Wu tattoo? I'm I'm still on the waiting list for a Wu tattoo. Just still like on the waiting list else. for a Wu no. tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's been inviting me for years. No, um, it's actually funny. Uh, I, I am due to get a, my first tattoo with with Wu, and and I think that's been part of that's been part of the amazing part of the journey, right? Is uh, when we met. Close to five years ago, uh, we met, as, as we were saying, he's, he's had this idea of a skincare brand and then how to extend his expertise and just his experience as a tattoo artist into the skincare space. And along the same time, uh, we've been, I've been doing a lot of, uh, I've been doing a lot of research around uh, next gen trends. Uh, we just gotten out of uh, a couple other skincare um, options and other skincare ventures that we've been involved in. And we've always been really kind of focused and, and I've always been really focused on ensuring we can kind of start addressing emerging needs. And and around the same time that we met, uh, we, through a, through a mutual connection, we had a thesis that showed close to almost 60% of Gen Zers and millennials at least having one tattoo. But what was but what was interesting to us wasn't just the fact to me it wasn't just the fact that there was people with at least one tattoo is about how they were thinking about them. It was no longer you know like we all grew up and like twenty years ago, even fifteen years ago, where tattoos were a sign of counterculture of rebellion of of kind of like the middle finger to your parents, as we were saying in, in many ways. And it became a accessory. It became no different than your Gucci purse. It became no different than the shirt you're wearing. It became no different than the sneakers that you were buying for $300. It became a part of extension of your, of who you are in a way that it did. You didn't just need a million, you know, a million tattoos in your arm. And we really found this, this, this really interesting kind of connection. And when we met, uh, he shared his vision, uh, kind of what he was looking for and, and kind of how he's been thinking. And we shared a little bit of what I would call like the business framework, uh, which is ultimately, I think, what, what what I tried to do with with our business partners and founders like Wu is we really try to find a place where science and art can really work together. Uh, this is in a, you know, you know this better than anybody, Cash. It's like this is in a, a perfect science you know, business, there is an emotional side of the equation that is so powerful in the skincare and the personal care world that we wanted to kind of bring, bring those two together. And when we started, we started having this conversation. What does it look like? What do we want to have? How does it blend into sensitivity? And ultimately, where we really kind of nailed a point where we kind of all looked at each other. And, and by the way, I also should, we should also include our other two partners, uh, Luke Mitzman, and uh, our visual director, Yumi, they, we kind of all got together and we're like, I think there's a world where we can build a skincare proposition that is really centered around a perspective that to this day hasn't really been out there, which is a perspective of a tattoo artist. We've had dermatologists, we've had makeup artists, we've had celebrities, we've had non-celebrities. We've had everybody that's always creating their skincare brand solutions that I think start addressing individual or community problems, right? Which I think it's, it's, a, it's a huge, uh, which is a huge thing of today is like the diversification of, 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 of the beauty and the personal care aisle is one of the beautiful things about our industry. At the same time, we saw a place where there wasn't a perspective that was coming from the 25 years of experience of a person like Dr. Wu, right? So that had a skin that has been dealing with the most sensitive of skins, 
open skins, open wounds and from normal people to the biggest celebrities in the world. You know what I mean? Like, and, 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 uh, I know Wu is always, um, as, as, as a tattoo artist, it's, it's one of those things that this isn't about celebrities versus not. This is about an experience that you're having and wanting to have the best products after that experience was something that, that we took really seriously. So you put all this in a blender, you put three years of development and, and, and thinking through an ideation and product and testing in, and, and that's where we landed and how we landed to woo, even to the place where, you know, putting the name of the founder on the bottle is no easy decision, but we're like, we really want to make sure that this is not just a skincare brand, that this is a point of view of an individual with a lot to say in his mind and in his heart in, about this subject and really kind of putting that proposition out there in the world. So that's a little bit of how we met in LA uh, almost five years ago, which is insane to think about. That's amazing. So Will, I would love to talk a little bit about the products that currently sits in, in Wu Skin. Um, so tell us a bit about what people can find. Yeah, so we have our tattoo after kit, which is the product that we usually suggest directly related to uh, tattoo recovery um, after you get a new tattoo. And that consists of our soap and our aftercare moisturizer. And those two things, the soap, again, um, is one part of the kit, but obviously we have amazing uh, results for just people that want to use it alone. There's three ingredients in it and it's just a, a fragrance free daily moisturizing soap that cleanses without irritating. And then we have an active healing aftercare moisturizer, which is very mild, but you know, we have a certain ingredients in it that the green tea, the chamomile, the sesame seed oil, certain things that help the inflammation and uh, the moisturizing nourishment of a new tattoo. And then also another one of my favorites is our just daily moisturizer, which derived from the ingredients from our aftercare moisturizer, but it's a little bit, uh, it's meant just from date for daily use. And that one I use on my face, I use on my hands, I use all over. And uh, it's just a, a super uh, moisturizing, but leaves no kind of residual residue. It's amazing. I love that one. We I have to take with me everywhere. Currently, we're making a, a bigger tube, so you have to check it when you travel. But I still try to sneak it onto my carry-on bag. You get away with I it. Can. Eh? Yeah, I have to. Yeah, I take the risk and I need it with me at all times. I always say I wish like when you take sometimes take the risk as long as they can use it, but they never will. Obviously, they're not allowed. But yeah, someone else's service <laughs> as well. The security. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but exactly. Um, yeah. And to build a little bit of what we were saying, I think we, you know, one of the unique areas is we started in that aftercare space. Uh, it is definitely a, uh, a very focused, neat state that, that we saw as an easy opportunity, but then, then continuing to really evolve the, the product SKUs and our, and our offerings into an everyday usage. We saw that opportunity of, yes, there's the aftercare moment, but there's also that after aftercare moment. So when you've looked at the body moisturizer is obviously one of our best selling products, hyper moisturizing, super light, perfect for summer days when it's hot, you don't barely feel it. We've gone into shower with a, uh, with a, with a shower gel uh, that is both exfoliating, but then also with a partnership with uh, Goshi, which is a Japanese towel. I don't know if you've ever heard yeah. of Goshi before, but it's an amazing Japanese towel. 
we have uh, we have we did a, a collaboration, a partnership with them. And, and then moving forward, we we're exploring, you know, new avenues that uh, our consumer set of folks with tattoos are asking for SPF, lip, mm. lip care, um, spot care for tattoos. So we're really expanding, but it's really staying focus on what are the needs of our consumer on an everyday basis. I love that thinking consumer first. And yeah, MPD should always be about sort of what, you know, what the demand is from your core community. Um, sometimes we, we think of it once we start as where it's always relying on us to come up with all the future MPD, but it's not once you build the brand, it's no longer our brand, right? It's our community with us. Um, yeah. So you, you never know where it will go. Um, but one thing I, I want to say is, is, you know, while it's important to figure out like, um, you know, what to create, we have to sometimes sell, right? We have a brand. How, how are you guys currently distributed? I don't know. Um, maybe uh, who, who wants to answer that question? I could, I can take that one on. So, yeah. So I, I think that's a, it's a really good question. And it's one that, that, that we would answer in almost a, a couple different ways. Uh, yeah. The first one is when we, when we first launched uh, the brand, we, we launched it in March 20, March 2020. It was slated to launch the week that that's, the that's world exactly when I launched down my brand. That's for the, COVID. March so, 2020. We're, we're, we're brand babies together. Yeah. <laughs> March, March 25th was the official. It was actually the, the, my, the birthday of my daughter. So that's how I remember it so well because it was pandemic. She was a year yeah. old. <laughs> March 25th. And we had an amazing plan. But what I think so the industry, I think, was generally benefited, let's call it, uh, in terms of the personal care and, and beauty brands such as yours. Uh, I think you, you heard everybody's like, oh my gosh, I'm killing it. DTC is great. Everybody's taking care of themselves at home. Yeah. We started with an aftercare tattoo product when every tattoo parlor in America or the world was closed. So as you can imagine, uh, starting kind of close to our center was actually for a beauty and a personal care brand was not a great advantage to us during COVID. So we started this brand on a pivot <laughs> is the best way I can describe it. And the reason I'm starting, I'm starting there is, is really because I think it laid the foundation of the problem solving of how we were going to really build this brand and, and what retailers and what do we really want it to do. And what we've decided was we really were going to focus on quality and uh, in quality of penetration. We wanted to focus on key specific retail partners. Uh, we love uh, we love Violet Gray. They were the first, let's call it, major retailer that had that level of taste level and and quality control that we felt that was the right for our brand. And we launched exclusively with Violet Gray as our first retail partner. Uh, and then from there, we also had a secondary strategy to really kind of focus on what we call high impact retail locations small niche uh, luxury retailers, things like Maxfields in LA, Notra in New York, brand, you know, uh, retailers that while not heavy in volume, um, because we all know they're, they're, there's obviously scales of, you know, Sephora's, uh, Violet Gray, then you get your high impact lifestyle luxury retailers. And what we wanted to do is we really wanted to build this brand under our own terms. Uh, we could have tried to go the DTC route and kind of dive in into the performance marketing game. But what we really wanted to do was to build a different personality and a different way of working for a skincare brand, knowing that 
we have one of the, as Wu keeps calling it, a mysterious creativity behind Wu and his persona. We really built the brand around that. So those two, a key focus retailer like Violet Gray and our high impact retail locations were our first two places where, and let's call it DTC as a third lever to continue to prove the model, prove our concepts, learn who our consumers were even better, having first party data. And we, we've, we've been really focused on that. From there, we've gotten lucky enough that Urban Outfitters, Essence, 13 Loon, we've had unique um, unique retailers that have finally really seen the opportunity of having an expert or an expert voice in the tattoo space like Wu and Wu Skin um, that we've been able to slowly open those doors. But we've been very deliberate. We've been very focused. It doesn't make it easy for sometimes for fundraising conversations being like, why did you take the slow way into this journey? But we weren't doing it for that. We were doing it because we truly believe it required this level of brand and the type of brand proposition that we have required the deliberate consistency of the brand building part of it. So that's why those retailers have been such key partners for us. That's why we are, we love them. And that's why they are absolutely critical to the success so far of where we've been. Oh, I love, thanks for that recap. And I think I love, I love the fact that deliberate, deliberate consistency, I think it's such a beautiful way to explain it. Like I do think today with brands, there is this sort of pressure to grow too quick or to sell or to, you know, and usually when it's investments, they have investors that want this sort of exit at some point. But um, it's one of the reasons why I've stayed self-funded as long as I can, because I just want to grow at the pace that I feel I want to do. Like, I think people forget, like, to narrow down the question to, like, the founder you know, the people in the team and say, what, what brand do you want to build, right? I've had someone like Anastasia Beverly Hills on the podcast and she, 18 years in, still signs every PO and didn't take any institutional capital till 18 years of building the brand, you know, and has look how big she's gone, you know? And I've got yeah. other brands like KAD and we've grown to 100 million plus revenue in two years and maybe we'll exit. Both are valid, both are great. Ultimately, our own path is our own way, right? And I think uh, a lot of the time um, we have to remind ourselves of that. So I love the way you guys have, methodically and smartly grown at the pace that is right for you guys, but also right for the brand and what you're building, right? Protecting it first. It's very crucial. Yeah. It has, it has been crucial. And, and I think maybe this is something that Wu as, 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 as really the visionary behind it has, has really been steadfast with the rest of our team. And it's been the idea, yeah. the ability to say no to certain things that typically a beauty brand has to say yes to. Or uh, the the opportunity to leverage Wu's expertise and uh, and influence in a way that still feels fully authentic to who Dr. Wu is as an artist, as an individual. Because as as Wu has mentioned, a lot of his stuff is about curiosity and creativity. So yeah, one, Wu can probably tell you the story even better. But yeah. when he talk, when we talk a lot about what the spider means for us. For him, it means that he can be in, you know, the eight legs can be in different places at once, but it's well, all controlled by one body. It's kind of like a question I wanted to ask. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great segue. To, so, Wu, I want to ask about this. How is the spider important to you and how do you become a spider? <laughs> well, I, I think for me, this, this spider has reiterated its symbolism to me along this path so many different ways. The, you know, singular architect, kind of uh, nature's mathematician, but also very healing 
uh, independent kind of builder at the same time having eight arms to help. Uh, and I, I, you know, I, I strive to balance being able to delegate within myself the different uh, paths I want to take as a creative and, and as a creative entrepreneur, but also maintaining balance and understanding um, the difference between doing everything and then doing too much and uh, prioritizing those things that are important to me. And it's been a, it's been a great lesson to, to learn. I haven't figured it out perfectly yet, which is, you know, part of the journey, but yeah, you know, being able to balance everything is, is one of the, the biggest uh, parts of doing this. And if, once I learned that, I feel things will be a little bit smoother, but I, I really do enjoy some of the turbulent parts of this uh, uh, figuring out process. Um, yeah, the brand again, the, the body build, yeah. yeah, exactly. As you were, as you and Miguel were talking about is, you know, there are so many uh, obstacles within building a brand, um, yep. which I learned very, very quickly. Uh, obviously it takes a little bit more than just the name and a reputation and some great product. I mean, we spent a lot of time honing down our formulas and making sure the products are, uh, the integrity of our products stand out first. Um, and then now understanding the market and, and marketing and the, everything else that comes to supporting those ethos, it's very important to have and stand firm in the foundation, but it's yeah. also a challenge to get that running smoothly and at the best possible frequency. Um, yeah. But again, it's that's what's awesome because every time – we succeed, it's a win. And every time there's a hiccup, we learn from that and we keep it rolling. But the main thing is we stay true to our vision and our brand and exactly. working with Miguel and our team so cohesively. And we listen to each other and the communication is, is key. You know, that is a great lesson and a benefit that uh, I've learned so far from from doing all this. It's, you know, I say building a brand is the, the, the biggest lesson and learning of, you know, of, of your life in a way like you can go to school but nothing is better than building it and sometimes the things that we're unsure of we want to maybe prevent or ask advice on sometimes we just gotta just deal with the consequences and, and learn from it and it's important to right um i i kind of have convinced myself on this journey i don't know about you guys but like i look forward to those little hiccups because for me, it's like, oh, I'm going to armor. I call it like armor building moment. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like going to the gym. It's like, well, I'm working out now. This is good. Let's, let's get stronger. Uh, I can chill and everything goes smooth and have my cupcakes and be enjoying all the moments, but I'm not going to get stronger. Right? So yeah. it's important. Yeah. It's a, it's a funny way. It's, a, it's the only way. Yeah. You're catching me in the day that I'm dealing with like co-packer, yeah. uh, you know, fun co-packer challenges. So oh, yeah. uh, I, I'm in a low point on, on, on enjoying those, those, those speed bumps, but in general, Don't worry. I think it's I, what, I, what's... just before I came on this podcast, I had an hour call with my team and it was called, um, the, the, the meeting was called, I'll tell you the name of the meeting. It's quite an interesting name. It was called Clearing Slow Movers. And I have to deal with sitting on 100,000 units of a stock uh, that I have to clear somehow. 
So I have one person in my team saying, just offer it as a GWP for the rest of the year. I'm like, what? That's a full size item. What are you talking about? Um, they're like, I don't know yeah. what to do. We, we have 226 months of the current rate. We're clearing that. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, we need to get rid of it. And I'm like, yep. Yeah. You never learn. <laughs> I never learn. Just keep the, on making the, mistakes. The, the fun, but it's okay. The, the fun parts about it. It's the fun part. It's, it's, listen, ultimately you look back and I would say, woo, as a brand, we've been, uh, We've been a brand of survival and and uh, survival and pivots, and we we continue to believe that you got to survive the first three years in business. You got yeah. Once you survive those it. first three years, the rest is is, is get, about pivoting and learning, and but you you survive. You you have that survival skin. You know what I mean? You've got it and, exactly. And at the same time, we're eager to grow. We are eager yeah. to find the partners that can help us get to the next level. We know what we know, and we can do what we can. Uh, so the ability to be open minded to other strategic partners, other investors, other uh, retailers that could offer something different. I think we have a certain level of freedom that at least those speed bumps, at least those learnings that we were just joking about, I think they're yeah. our own, you know, we're, we're, exactly. we're they're, they're ours in ours only. Yeah. And yeah. there's something freeing and liberating as a creative for like, woo, but also as entrepreneurs that we all are, especially in this, in this conversation, there's something really, really freeing about being able to be in control of even your own challenges. <laughs> I fully agree. <laughs> because That's it's, it's a fun part. You know, yeah, we, we have the ability to, to move forward and, and focus on what we want to do next um, a little bit more freeling, despite, despite what's happened in the past, because we're at where we're at. Three years into the business is that crucial moment. So it leads me to the question of what's next or what's on the horizon. So Wu, I'll ask you first, what's um, in your mind and the vision coming up? And then I'll go to Miguel. Yeah, I think for us this year, I, it's it's uh, expanding a bit, but also at the same time trimming the fat uh, product-wise. And really, I think for for me personally, we really want to launch a, a new a new product, which is uh, sun care and and uh, our, our our sunscreen that will accompany our branditos and kind of uh, fill in a space where we have a fragrance-free, no white cast product. That I think. For tattooed skin and heal, uh, not healing, but protecting uh, existing heel tattoos and uh, the endurance of your skin during the hot summer months is something we've always is on the pinnacle of our our priority list. And I think for me personally, I would like to get that going. Um, and uh, just some other brand building uh, pillars that we need to build up and uh, you know create the fortress. Of uh, I like that. To keep it moving. Create the fortress. Yeah, I mean, Miguel. Yeah. Have, I mean, I'm sure you echo a lot of what we just said. But what else? Yeah, I think I think I echo everything, and I, and I love the building yeah, the okay. fortress because that would be like the first thing that I would agree with. I think we are in a we are in a path of growing up. Uh, we are, you know, we've had three years under our belt. We know what we what we can do. We know when we need help. So we're just in a stage of 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 growing up. Not even growth. But it's growing up as a team, growing up as a company, growing up as a brand, uh, being sharper in our clear proposition. We've learned a lot in terms of really what is it that consumers with tattoos, whether it's one or a million, are looking for, really sharpening that, that, um, that, that point of view that we have. Um, I think uh, Wu is absolutely right, too, in the sense of product innovation is our second big priority. We are 
we are exploring entering into sun care. I would say most of our retailers and partners have been begging us for, for sun care for, for quite some time. Um, we've just not been in a position to be able to, to fulfill it to the quality and to the level that we want. And we're getting really close to that. Um, so product innovation is, is really critical. And then third is, uh, the, the exponential growth. Um, I mean, we're, we're, we're rooting for the entire category to grow. I mean, with, with amazing brands like Mad Rabbit, uh, people ask us about Mad Rabbit all the time. We're rooting yeah. for their success. We love that they're in every Walmart. Five years ago, when we were having the conversation about tattoos, we were too niche for Walmart and Target. So we're rooting oh, yeah. for a category of continued specific benefits to this consumer. I think the difference is then we want to stay true to who we are and the level and the premium level that we want to be in. And then really find those supporters, those backers, the the, the strategic partners can, can help us really make that the next leap. So I would say in addition to what we were saying, I think that third one of how do we scale this in a way that continues to be really smart is is where we want to go. So guys, I'm going to, um, before I go to fire on, I'm going to start with a little desert island situation. So I'm inviting you to a desert island. You know what's coming. So we will start with you. You can only bring one product. TSA might let you bid the big size, but they're not being allowed yeah. with more than one product. So what's that go-to product? I think I already know, but what it's, is it? It's the daily moisturizer. It is the daily moisturizer. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. It's it's yeah. It's not only the moisturizing, but I honestly I swear it's a reverse aging. When I put it on So that's like that, that I love. I, I'm gonna definitely check this one out. And Miguel, how about yourself? Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise I'm gonna surprise the the, the crowd. I'm gonna say uh, the Woo lip balm that we have that is right now right now stock, but. Uh, I, I can't yeah. live without a chap. I can't live without a chapstick in like every one of my jackets, every one of my bags, every one of everything. <laughs> I own like thirty lip balms still, you know. So I'm like, I love that. The Woo lip balm for us has been is, is my favorite. And thank you for normalizing buying multiple lip balms because I'm the same. I just like lose them all the time because I keep them in my pockets, but I'm always like, oh, it's in here. So I just have decided to just keep them wherever they need to be and let them just be there. You know, <laughs> there is no better feeling than putting a jacket on, putting your hands in your pocket, and finding and a like, lip balm. And they're like, "Oh yes, that's exactly what the word I needed." You know, it's like it's exactly. So, yeah, I'm feeling there. You go. <laughs> so now, fire round questions. The first thing that comes to your mind, and then we'll wrap it up. So the first question, Wu. I'll start with you first. What's another beauty brand that you're currently loving right now? Could be any type of beauty brand. I think okay, my wife has this. It's in our shower and it's a it's a facial wash that it doesn't strip any of the oils that I've been using. I think it's called Botnia. Oh, cool. I'll take it. Botnia. And it's just this little facial gel that cleansing gel and it's it's the the feeling it has after it leaves and keeps all the, the natural oils on. Oh, yeah, Botnia skincare. Right nice. I'll check it out later. Good good record. How about you, Miguel? Yeah, uh, I think as, as Wu was saying earlier, we're we're very into sunscreen right now, and 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 then sun protection. One that I've always been very impressed on has been the Super Goop Unseen Sunscreen. Their forty SPF for the face, their face version, the little the little bottle. Yeah, it's, I love that. Uh, it's one that I think it's 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 excellent. Yeah, 
No, she's, uh, you have to listen to my episode with, with Holly because her story is incredible. I did um, listen to actually. it. I did, I did listen, listen to it. it. It's great. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't even know she was a teacher until I recorded with her and I was like, that's so freaking cool. So, yeah, it was such an inspiring story. That's a super good one. Um, my we, next we have question, some mutual friends yeah. that used to work at Supergroup. We have some mutual oh, really? friends that worked at Supergroup before. So I've always been like a fan of just how they've grown, like the New how York base, like the whole thing. So it's been, uh, I mean, they're they're doing amazing. So kudos to them um, my next question is um do you like what or where is your happy place so we will start with you again uh, i have to say japan ah oh, it's my favorite tokyo the world yeah yeah i love japan hands down tokyo specifically i think or... i think tokyo because that's the base so you know that's the hub that's i have the hotels i like i have the mm. stores i like i have the restaurants i like um, and if you want to, you know, take the train or a car to the hot springs, it's an hour away. Yeah. Um, everything else is, you know, two hours by bullet train. Um, I still haven't gone to the coastal areas yet. Like Okinawa, I heard is amazing. It's yeah. Like Hawaii. So I want to check that out. But when it comes to the range of anything from a cultural hit, a food hit, shopping hit, retail hit, and and just like also, I think as being an entrepreneur or someone that works for themselves, obviously we work like crazy, but we are our own boss in a sense. Mm-hmm. And to to immerse in a culture where the work ethic is so high level, it's like a constant reminder to kind of like kick my butt back into gear and I know. You know don't waste the moments and like just kind of respect the working process. Um, I'd like to say the respect of the work as well, right? It's not just the amount of yeah. work. It's the, it's the respect and love and gratitude that I feel comes a lot with that. As well. 100%. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Uh, Miguel, where's your happy place? My, my, my turn. I, I would have, I can never give one answer. I have three happy places. One of them is Mexico city. Uh, I'm a Mexican. Uh, Mexico City is like a body, soul, mind recharge every time I go there. Um, so Mexico City is one. Second one is Lake Tahoe. That's like my adult, uh, I'm getting old, happy place type of idea, you know, place. Uh, um, moving to California seven years ago, my family and I were like, we got turned into like lake ski people and we fell in love with Lake Tahoe. And then the third one's kind of a random, but it's record stores. Oh, crappy days stores. lead me usually to end the week at a record store. Uh, my, my wife would, uh, probably disagree, would probably agree that that's my happy place considering how many we have at home. But, uh, even when you're traveling, when you're having a rough day, you kind of do a quick pit stop. It's like my coffee shop. It's like going to, yeah. a to, to a record store and just kind of brings me down. So those are my three happy oh, places. Amazing. And my next yeah. question is, what is your hidden talent or hobby that people might not know about or they might know about? Woo, starting with you. I mean, you know, I as a kid, I, I was a trained classical violinist. No way. So I, was, I, I played violin from for almost till I was about 13 to 14 years old. Wow, that's... Uh, you know, orchestra. Str- strangely enough, uh, I'm not at the level of your artistry, of course, but I have very similar stories like my favorite place in the world is japan i've been to seven mm-hmm. or 80 countries in my life and japan is always number one 
I used to be an artist, especially sketching. I did, I had an art studio. I used to paint every day, but I love sketching the most, drawing. And I did 11 years violin and I was in an orchestra. Really? Formed at Barbican and I'm a violinist. That's a fun fact there. So we're very similar <laughs> in a weird way. Asian parents. Asian parents. And <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so funny how uh, when you're saying stuff, I'm like, that's another one. I was like, I have to tell, I have yeah. to tell this guy that we're like, I'm like, we're, we're like hidden twins. That's so funny. Yeah. I love that. Um, but it's a really that's good, funny. yeah, violin. It's one of the things as well. We do so much of our life on violin and it's absolutely useless later on because we never see a violin yeah. just chilling in someone's home. Like a pi- I also play piano, but no, but you know, you never see yeah. it, and I never haven't played a violin in a long time. But yeah, it's very therapeutic violin. I love it. Yeah, have a Miguel. I didn't, how about know, you? I, I, I didn't know that about Wu or you. So it's like it's amazing to learn something new every day. Like he he's been yeah. hiding this violin thing to probably the violin. for this yeah. long. Now. Yeah, so like I, I know I'm very, better now. It's very off brand for the whole tattoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy. But you know what? <laughs> Try to, it, it's still it's it's got an edge there that I think could be on brand. You yeah, figure that out. I don't know, but it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> How about Miguel? What's your hidden talent? Uh, when I was growing up, I used to be amazing Michael Jackson dancer. Like, like, like I, I, I like, I like one, I like one. I can't believe I'm saying this in a podcast. It's like not everybody's that. gonna know. It's like it's a truly hidden talent. I used to like. I like won like competition on it and like no. oh, it's hilarious. Wait, I retired oh, did you it, know about I, this? I, I re- did you know about this? Oh my god, I did not know about this. I need to see uh, videos. I, I retired <laughs> it. I, I retired it shortly after college when uh, I when, when, when I was like, I think I'm an adult now. I think I got to stop this. Uh, so it's pretty funny. And then the other secret talent I have, I'm incredible at untangling necklaces and chains like you know like when you get like tiny little things like my friends wait you enjoy it as well yeah like i sometimes like that's like like i use like on planes like i'm I'm watching a show i don't want to work i'm like doing this like i have a five-year-old daughter who has more necklaces than any five-year-old probably should and then i'll like just give me this one and i'll take it on the plane and i'm like you're kind of like working on it. People think I'm the weirdest person on the plane, but I'm so good at untangling necklaces. That is, uh, that is definitely should be considered a secret talent. What? <laughs> that is the best. Oh my God. This is two of my favorite answers of Arsenal that so far. So I'm, I was always thinking about canceling that question. I was like, no, I'm keeping it. That's why I like it. That's such a good answer. There you go. I love it. <laughs> uh, and my last question, and I'll leave you guys to it. And you guys have busy, busy days ahead. But um, if you weren't, in the beauty space and, you know, doing what you've done in the past, what else would or could you be doing right now? Uh, Wu, I'll start with you. You know, I think somewhere in the writing uh, Mm. area or maybe some kind of production, I always do like the behind the scenes of um, storytelling. So I think somewhere, somewhere with entertainment and writing and uh, somewhere along those lines, character creating and, yeah. yeah, storyboarding. That's cool. And Miguel, how about yourself? I try to work at Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I love set. I said now, like if I, I like, I would, say, like I would take it. You know, like I would take an intern job in SNL for a season <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> Sorry, well, we'll, we'll be fighting. We'll be fighting for that. I know we have the like, same answer. Uh, in the queue. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. You uh, can do it together. You can create your new yeah. SNL together. That's the way forward. Sure. That'd be so fun. Just scrap yeah. everything and let's do sketch comedy. 
There you go. Sketch comedy is the future. Sketch comedy. <laughs> Lord, Lord, Lord Michael, if you're listening. Uh, no, Lord yeah, Michael, yeah. if you're listening, we're looking for a job here, the three of us. So uh, There you go. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll take it. I just find, I, um, I find it fascinated. Miguel has an amazing yeah. Michael Jackson <laughs> sketch routine I'm sure we can create. I'm sure. There you go. Yeah, ready? There you go. We have it. We have it. And then, woo, you and I will just be backup violinists on that sketch. On that sketch. Then we're, we're good. Violinists. Uh, yes. <laughs> I love exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> That's too funny. So, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it to you guys to continue your day. But before we go, I want to know what is your handles and the best way for people to continue following you guys on this journey. Maybe, uh, but woo, you can start with your personal and Miguel, if you have, and then your brand one. Uh, I think mine is uh, underscore doctor underscore woo underscore. But if you just type in Dr. Woo anywhere, you can find it. The other one is at discover woo. It's at discover underscore woo That's right. um, is the thing. But if you do discover woo, you'll, woo. you'll discover it. You'll find You'll it. You'll find it. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know, Miguel, do you have a Instagram or social you want to share? Or you, my, yeah. my personal Instagram is mguardcast. So it's literally my name. And uh, like like yeah. we mentioned, our brand is at Discover Woo. And the website's also discoverwoo.com. So um, we, we have all of our products, all of our offerings there. And it's a place where you can also kind of get an insight of what Dr. Wu, the artist, is is up to. Amazing. Well, I'll put all the links in the summary so people can just tap straight away. And uh, guys, just thank you so much for your time, um, for your inspiring journey, storytelling, and can't wait to meet in person soon. Um, and we'll be reenacting this Michael Jackson skit with some violinists <laughs> in the background. That's, that's, that's what's happening. Well, it seems, seems like we got a plan, but thank, thank you so much for your time. It was, it was a great chat. Yeah, thank you. hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review it truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.